Now, normally on a Sunday, Ryan or I would stand up here and we would open the Bible and we would look at a passage of Scripture and we would talk about what God is saying in that passage of Scripture and how it affects our life. We would show how all Scripture points to Jesus, how all Scripture is relevant to our daily life. We'd love to do that, but, but one Sunday a year, we don't have a sermon in the traditional sense, but what we do is we open these mics and, and have people, you, come and speak to one another about what God has done in your life over the course of the past year. Um, and so how this is going to look is, um, is you're going to come to one of these mics in, in a little bit. In just a second, we're going um, to be doing some singing. And when the band has finished a couple songs to give you some time to think, they'll step, step back away from their mics. And you guys will be welcome to come to these mics. If you, while they're singing, already know that you'd like to share something, um, you can come and just fill in these seats here and wait for a space and then come right to the mic. And we're just going to be switching back and forth um, between the two mics. But to introduce, to introduce this, um, I want to just read uh, a short passage for you from um, a psalm that actually Gordon McRae read as our call to worship a few weeks ago. This is Psalm 40. In Psalm 40, King David is recalling how God rescued him out of some desperate situation. We don't know what it was, but we know that it was too great for David. It was more than he could bear on his own. And so this is what he says in, chapter, in Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So, so God rescued David out of his distress. Whatever desperate situation he was in, God rescued him. And David responded by praising God. He said he sang a new song. God put a new song in his mouth. And what we find later in the psalm is that David didn't keep this new song, this new story of God's grace to himself. He says in verses 9 and 10, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. And so here's the, here's the connection I want to make for you this morning. Many of us have stories about how God has been at work in our lives by his grace. We have stories about how God rescued us from the consequences of our sin, how he brought us to life in Christ, how he made us his children, that he has rescued us, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. We have stories about that. We have stories about how God has worked in our lives since then, ways that he has provided for us where we couldn't see when the money was going to come from, how he, how he healed us when the outlook was bleak, how he reconciled the relationship when it seemed irreparable. We have stories about God constantly at work in our lives, and, and this morning you have an opportunity to share those stories with us, because many of us need to hear those stories. We, we are in desperate situations of our own, and we need to hear that there is a God who is living, a God who hears prayer, a God who works in response to it, a God who, who acts not according to what we deserve, but according to his love and according to his grace. We need to be reminded of that this morning, and that's why we have this service. Morning, everyone. Um, I had it on my heart to share this morning about um, an idol that I had in my life um, and how God helped me to kind of deal with that and to just get over it. Um, my obsession. Um, so my idol was my child. <laughs> and I know it might sound very strange to you, but um, when Zoe was born, 
I don't, I don't really know at what point I kind of realized that my relationship with her wasn't um, in right standing with God. She must have been a couple of months old, maybe like six months old. And, um, you know, it's, it's not like someone came up to me and said to me, like, Marita, this thing is obviously an idol in your life. <laughs> um, so I guess it was like by the prompting of the Holy Spirit and maybe I can't really 100% remember, but maybe something that Neil had said along the lines of, you know, you really do kind of constantly obsess about her and, and the things that's going on with her, um, which I think in some circumstances is normal when you have a, a young child. But for me, when I started to realize that it wasn't normal or natural was the the thoughts in my mind. Like I was constantly, um, I, I had no peace. I, I, I felt afraid. I, I had fears of her getting hurt or not being able to be there to protect her or that I wasn't going to be a good enough parent. And I just realized that my thoughts were constantly directed towards my daughter instead of towards my God. And I wasn't really enjoying being a mother because I was so filled with these obsessive thoughts of her getting hurt or something happening to her or how I would cope. And at one point, I just remember realizing that if anything did happen to her, I, I didn't think that I would want to go on with my own life or I wouldn't want to continue my walk with um, the Lord and I think at that point I realized like it was a significant problem for me and I was definitely putting her first and I was worshiping her instead of worshiping God and looking towards him and what he had um, for me and at that point I, I didn't really know what I was supposed to do about it um, so the first thing I did was I, I went to a friend and I asked her to pray with me and I just confessed to God that I was, um, I had sin in my heart and that I was worshipping my daughter as an idol. Um, and the reason I did that is, is because scripture says in 1 John 1, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and it wasn't an instantaneous thing where like, as soon as I confessed it, it went away. It, it was a gradual process for me, and I had to keep bringing this thing in front of the Lord. Um, but over time, I started to regain my peace, and I was having joy again, and I was just feeling a lot more... Um, like comfort in, in the fact that, that my daughter is his and not my own and that he is ultimately the one that takes care of her and holds her in his hand. And, and it was a really freeing experience for me to be able to realize that I didn't have to carry that burden with me, but that God actually had already carried that burden all along. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Um, God showed me in the last few months um, the correlation between forgiveness and judgment and made it very real for me. Um, because of things that went on for 25 years in my life, I struggled almost daily with uncontrollable, blinding rage and jealousy. And I kept asking God, why can't I lay this down? Why can't I just give it up and my husband and I were watching a preacher on TV and this happened in a 24 hour period but on a Sunday morning the the preacher had been doing a series on judgment and how 
if you're harboring unforgiveness, you're opening yourself up to that with the enemy. And so that morning he said, if you have forgiven somebody, that means they don't owe you anything. They don't deserve whatever that thing is that you think they deserve. That night I talked to one of my kids on the phone and he was at his dad's house. And I went to bed that night thinking he doesn't deserve a relationship with my kids. And the next morning, as soon as I opened my eyes, God said, you haven't forgiven him. And so I prayed about it, and I did forgive him. And just the release, I still struggle with some of those same feelings, but it's not uncontrollable. It's not blinding. It's more when it comes up, God's saying, okay, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to let it go, or are you going to give in to that again? And it has just been unbelievable and I just praise God for that oh. this has been an interesting year for me um, I just want to deal with it on three fronts um, myself and my kids and Gretel, my wife. Um, uh, I'll start with uh, Matthew, and especially Dave. Matthew, David, particularly Matthew. He was at a school uh, in West Bay called uh, Wesley, and they were fantastic with him. Um, but they couldn't do any more for him as he went through the next stages of uh, like year one, year two. So we were at complete loss about how we could deal with uh, his education for the new year. Um, he was like not receiving any knowledge he would basically get frustrated and lose it and I'm not going to do this and we didn't know why whether it was mental or, or what so we uh, I said Lord, I mean Gretel we, we just didn't know what to do, we were completely at loss so we we did a routine eye checkup for them both in Miami uh, with the eye doctor who did uh, Matthew's eye surgery when he was born um, and basically the doctor said, well, he's basically diagnosed, he can see, but he's below sight where he could be legally let registered blind. He can see, but it's such a low level. Um, and that was a revelation to us, and it set us free in some way, because we just we connected that with his frustration of not being able to learn things, because he couldn't see as well as he looked. And we just prayed, and God just provided the answer uh, regarding his education. He's in homeschool now with uh, another kid. Uh, sharing a cost with another parent. The Lord just basically just opened that up that summer. And uh, it's like uh, going back to when um, I got married and when we had boys. I had this assurance that the Lord was in charge of them, everything. Because I knew I couldn't cope. Because I knew, I, in fact, I rebelled against it. I said, Lord, I don't want this. I wanted to walk away from the point of view of responsibility. But God's, it's like his peace that comes on your understanding and it just takes over. And he took care of it with, and, and the, the vehicle, one of the vehicles that's taken care of that was my wife Gretel. Is we got married uh, 16 years ago. I wasn't sure of her salvation, but I knew she went to church. But it was really unusual because I had an assurance about her anyway, um, without knowing why. And um, so we went along in our married life. It's been a good marriage, fantastic marriage. Uh, you know when a woman knows you in all your faults and still loves you and uh, there's, it's almost like a, 
when your hand, when your marriage is surrounded by God's love, because it's not your doing, you just walk in it. And um, and this year, an amazing change happened. Uh, she got saved. I mean, she was always a church goer with her parents in, in Jamaica, and she actually took part in church activity. But she made a decision for Christ herself this year. She got baptized, and she's now praying in a mighty way. She's asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and um, it's God taking care of business. He took care of her business, and she's now got a new dimension in her prayer life. Aggressive praying for God's blessing on the boys, and just you know, it's an amazing thing what God brought about in my life without me having to do any work. Um, so let's uh, let's. Uh, so I've, de- I've dealt with Matthew. I've dealt with Gretel, and I'll do with me. Um, I had eye surgery two weeks ago. I had eye surgery in my la- in my right eye five years ago. I had to go to Miami on a ship, go to Mount Miami for my retinal detachment to be saved, and I had to sail back because I couldn't fly because of the eye surgery. So um, I had an issue with my left eye this time, which was just slow deterioration, and it was a cataract surgery needed. So I had that surgery here at Georgetown. Something went wrong. There's like a raindrops down the eye, and um, I went back to see him, and he said, "Yeah, you've got a retinal ongoing with your left eye this time. You need to go." So I went to back to the same eye, eye clinic in Baptist. They operated me on Monday two weeks ago. I had to come back again on a ship. So that's two cruises. <laughs> um, but I'm saying this in that you know, even though it was traumatic. Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't worried I was going to lose my sight, but it's just going through the process of oh, the uncertainty of surgery, being away from home. I mean, what I experienced was a peace which was not my peace. That God was assured in charge. Um, there was an uncertainty over my surgery, as in, my, I tried to tell my insurance company I needed the surgery. They were shut over the weekend, so I got to Miami not knowing I had cover. And then basically, I was a bit of a delay. Then the, someone. From the international, said, "Jesus calls me. Your coverage is <laughs> your coverage is in place." So the coverage, uh, the surgery went ahead. I came back, but what, what's the what's the takeaway for me in this? The Lord's assurance over my life, and He demonstrated that with the support that Gretel was. She came over with me, and then the boys boys flew over, and they were with me for most of the time, and then they had to go back. So I was only on my own for three or four days before having to come back on my own. But what I'm saying is that I've done absolutely nothing for this. The Lord has done it all. All I have to do is worship and acknowledge him and praise him in every way and realise that he's the one who runs our lives and we just have to just cooperate with him. And um, I just thank you for the first testimony because that resonates with me too. Amen. Hi, my name's Randy. I just flew down last night from uh, Canada. My uh, son and daughter-in-law are on the stage. Um, about a week and a half ago, I was having a bit of a, a struggle. And uh, to give you just a little bit of history, um, I'll try to keep this brief. I've been struggling in the past few years with three different types of cancer. And three years ago, I was in a serious car accident as well, so I've received some damage as well from that accident. And so I was just getting to the point where I was just saying, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm not good. I'm feeling pretty rough. I'm feeling pretty low. And uh, 
you know, I think I deserve a little one-on-one -on -one pity party with God. And, uh, you know, so maybe I'm not sure what I was thinking, but I was just, you know, just feeling really starting to feel a, like a depression was coming on me and, and the struggles of dealing with all that. And uh, God asked me the same question twice. And it wasn't what I was expecting. I, was thought, I thought maybe I'd get a, oh, there, fellow, everything's okay. And no, God said, how thankful are you? And I don't know if it's just my gender, you know, like sometimes we need our wife to tell us the same thing a few times before we get it. And, uh, and then God said again, how thankful are you? And I said, well, yeah, I'm thankful for the measure of health that I have. I'm thankful I could, you know, get up every morning, move around, do some things, you know. I see other people. My brother passed away with the lymphoma cancer last year. I'm doing better than him, although he's with the Lord. Maybe he's doing better than me. But I just, uh, you know, I just started thinking, you know, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my son and my daughter-in-law. thankful for my family. And I'm thankful for all, you know, all the good things that God's given. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my vehicle. I'm thankful most of all for my faith. And you know what? All the depression and all that anxiety and everything just, just gone. You know, all I had to do was be thankful. Just be thankful. God inhabits the praises of his people. God comes in. You know, everybody has, has issues in life. Everybody has valleys. Everybody has times when things aren't going good. You know, and I thought, you know, I deserve to have a little pity party here. No, I don't. I would much sooner have the peace of God and the assurance that he's got my back. He's got my front. He's got my forward. He's got my future. And that's so much better than the little pity party, what it would accomplish. It just further depressed me. And uh, just give praise to God. Praise God. Be thankful to God. Let him come and inhabit you. Let him carry you through the circumstance. We all have valleys. We do. It's life. Sometimes it really isn't too great. But God is great. God is awesome. So just praise God. Hello. Good morning. Um, I'm Leah. I am more than thankful to be here. I'm thankful that God has given me the life that he has given me and set before me every one who is in this building. And you do not know what God can do for you until he has touched your life. And I am a young Christian and I am young in God, but God knows that there is nothing that I cannot do without him. And that all the struggles and trials and temptations that he has set before me, all the good and reward that he's given to me and the blessings that he has provided, it's just such an amazing feeling to be a child of God. And I am a young person in a world that is not perfect and is always crumbling. But there is a foundation that is strong and mighty and God 
He'll help us as long as we will be able to humble ourselves in front of Him and just ask Him to bless us. Thank you. My wife Leah and I'm Ricky. Uh, Ricky, we're from San Antonio, Texas. Hey, um, yeah, a couple months where well, I've been married 10 years, but it hasn't been an easy 10 years. Um, for years, marriage was in bad shape. I know you guys have a marriage event coming up. Um, I prayed and prayed and prayed for God to resolve things, and um, they didn't change, but um, just use that opportunity to draw closer to the Lord. Um, and, I, and on October 25th, 2014, uh, the enemy took his best shot and tried to uh, do in our marriage once and for all. But um, two days later, on October 27th, 2014, we decided to uh, start from scratch and try to rebuild. And um, it's been uh, just over two years so um, I just wanted to share with you that if your marriage is in trouble or if you know somebody's marriage is in trouble, um, nothing is impossible. But it first starts with um, being married to your maker. In Isaiah, it says, uh, for our maker is our spouse. Um, for us, man, for husbands, it starts with first being married um, to our Lord, first being married to God. Um, you know, and... Uh, yeah, we probably put in a good 2,000 hours of reading, assignments, going to retreats, praying, communication. Uh, we still have ways to go, but we've come a long way. Um, and forgiveness just starts with realizing that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. And there's nothing that your spouse has done to you or can do to you that you have not already done unto the Lord a million times over. Um, it starts with realizing who you are in Christ and who you, your spouse is in Christ and how God sees both of you because of the shed blood. And um, the Bible says where sin increases, grace superabounds. And so whatever problems arise, there's a greater and higher and stronger force called grace to um, face that and to overcome it. Um, on December December 7th, we'll have been married 10 years. Um, but for your uh, husbands here, your spouse is worth it. Your wife is worth it. If you have to read 200 books, do so. If you have to ask for help, it seems like men have a big problem with that. Ask for help, call the church, call friends, open up, ask questions. Um, There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's a, be it's a beautiful thing uh, to Christ. Um, he can't be savior if he can't be savior to us in that area if we're not first willing to recognize that we need to be saved in that area, whatever it is. Um, so, and it's not about stress and pressure. The new covenant is about surrender. It's about surrender and rest and trust. Um, do you want to say anything? Um, on a different note, um, we're here with a bunch of our friends um, from the States. Um, I want to thank God for his grace, definitely, because it's definitely changed our lives. And um, 
we're excited to be here finally. We've read a lot about this church. Um, but um, we also thank God for the healing waters of the Caribbean because we're all here um, to experience that. And um, my husband actually is sick and disabled in the States, but here in the Caribbean, being in the water, in the atmosphere, he's um, completely um, better and um, I would say almost healed. So That's another thing I wanted to share. Uh, in. In May of 2004, I was halfway through medical school at Michigan studying to be a pediatric surgeon. It was a childhood dream, but uh, from one day to the next, I became extremely ill, and I never recovered. And the technical term is called myalgic encephalomyelitis, or chronic fatigue syndrome. Abbreviation is MECFS, if you want to Google it. Um, it. About 20 million people have it. Nobody knows about it. There is no cure for it, and it completely destroyed my life. Uh, filed bankruptcy. We lost uh, my career. We lost everything. Uh, we were trapped in inside our small apartment in Michigan for years. And uh, I prayed for healing. I listened to every single healing sermon on the planet, starting back from like Wigglesworth in the 1800s all the way up to present day. Read every healing book. Um, and I still believe for complete and total healing. I, I really could care less what doctors have to say. Um, but after being locked up for six or seven years, uh, my wife had always said she wanted to go to a beach. And so I said, well, if I ever win health insurance money, um, I'll be sure to take you. And um, so after five years of battling with uh, companies, I finally won a disability case and we got about $28,000. And so I said, well, uh, let's pull out a map and pick a beach. And so in August of uh, 2011, we flew to uh, Aruba. I thought I was going just to lay on the sand and sleep and pass out while she had fun. And um, I had no idea that as soon as I stepped into the water, 60 seconds later, all of my symptoms would resolve, uh, neurological, cardiac, respiratory. Um, it's like I went from being a 120-year-old crippled and disabled to like a healthy 16-year-old and just simply from getting into the water. And you know, first thought I had was, uh, you know, I have uh, thousands of friends on Facebook around the world with the same condition. Uh, wouldn't it be great if uh, wouldn't it be great if uh, they could get the same relief that uh, I get from the water? Um, and it, it goes back to the scripture in Second Corinthians one about um, comfort those in the way that God has comforted us. And so uh, we tested out six other islands. The same thing happened on all six Caribbean islands, but Cayman was our favorite because it's just, it's a, it's a Christian island. And that's, a, um, that's why we chose this one. But so for five years, I believed one day uh, I could meet these strangers uh, on Facebook that have the same condition that I have. Uh, I always believe uh, for the day that somehow some of them can fly in as well and stay with us and test out the water for themselves. And um, the four other people right here in this row are God's answer to that prayer. Um, so we're here, the six of us, for a couple weeks um, testing out uh, the water and see if it helps them the way it does, um, uh, the way it does me. But uh, we're also here to look for a job and a place to live. So if anyone knows, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will 
yeah, I'll work any job, uh, water sports job, anything, but um, our prayer is to come down here um, so I can work and be a healthy, functioning husband. And, um, you know, so we can have a place that others can fly in and test out the waters for themselves and see if it um, uh, brings them relief as well. But so, um, yeah, sometimes uh, God won't answer the prayer in the way that you think he will. Uh, I always believed for healing. I never thought in a million years that he would use beach water. I mean, it's, uh, it doesn't make sense. It's bizarre. So uh, be open to uh, God answering your prayer in you know, a million other ways other than um, how you're expecting him to or asking him to. But thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Good morning, brothers and sisters. I just couldn't pass up an opportunity to be here and rejoice with what God has done and share it with you because he's worthy of all of our praise. And I'd just like to say, in short, in case when I get rambling, you miss my message, that God is good and very good to me, and his grace is, is all I need. Um, and that's what he's been teaching me over the past year, um, through the storm that I've been in. I think of the song, um, In the Eye of the Storm, He is Still in Control. I knew the chorus I was going to share, but I can't remember it anymore. It's stage fright. Um, but God is good, and I've come to realize this year that he is good, not just good, but he's good to me, and he pours out his goodness on me. And a lot of that has um, become evident to me as a result of being involved with the church here. Um, brothers and sisters that have come to support me, encourage me, pray for me, stand with me. So I thank God for what he's done for me in showing me his goodness through the church, through the teaching here, through the worship times here. Um, I'm thoroughly blessed with what God's working through the church. This is his instrument here to bring goodness. Another thing he showed me is his grace that I've been learning this year. Um, it's been a storm, and at times I would feel the, the stresses rise, and I don't know about the rest of you, but sometimes I would ride those stresses and, and say, yes, I'm going to I'm going to tack, tackle this circumstance and I'm going to win and 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 just the the adrenaline rush and so forth. But I I realize that that is not not the way God calls me to deal with my situations. He is there for me. He is there to provide for me. And it was interesting. It, it was just like the grace of God came down and touched me as I was starting to experience this this stress rising in my. Uh, in my being, I turned and said, Lord, I need to trust you. You are sufficient for this circumstance. And the, the peace that just came over me, it just washed that stress right out of me. Um, so it's, it's a, a learning experience. And now when I feel that stress rising and I am tempted to ride it, I realize I'm not walking in faith and I turn it back to him. So those are two things that I've been learning this week this year.
and I'm thankful for that. Um, teaching here, um, one of the lines that have put together over the course of several sermons was that God is big and God is good. I am neither. I'm insufficient. But by his grace, I can do all things. So I'm thankful that he's teaching me those things this year. And I'm thankful to be a part of this body. Good morning. Um, A few of you may have seen my face around, but I've just recently started coming to Sunrise. um, And I feel led to share something very very personal with you. Um, So two years ago, I met um, the guy that I'm seeing, uh, dating, my partner. um, And I met his mother um, around the same time. And I just had this heavy burden for her and I couldn't understand what it was because I know that I'm empath that I empathize with people very very easily and I just thought that it was because I cared about him that I cared about his mother Um, and I learned um, a few months later that she um, was going through treatment for for cancer and that this was kind of the second time that cancer had come around Um, and just spent a lot of time just saying God um What's, what's, what's up? Like, why is it that certain people have to struggle so hard with, with certain things, with diseases and sicknesses, and other people? Like, I mean, I would count myself, um, I don't know, honored to say that I, I, I don't have to struggle with something like that. Honored? I don't know if honor is the right word. But anyway, the course over the last two years, um, she's gotten worse and worse and worse and each time that I've spoken to her I'm like what what is it and I just feel her kind of slowly giving up and I don't know it's funny because I said I said to God I was like God I'm not giving up I don't know what it is why I have such a heavy burden I know it's not just because I care for her and I want to make sure that her life is is easier by someone caring for her. Um, and the scripture in Isaiah, um, well, there's kind of several times that that it comes up that it, the Lord says that I will make streams in the desert, that I will make living water in the desert. And I know that in, in this situation, it sounds really weird. Like, well, why would you need living water? What, what does that promise mean? Um, and... A couple weeks ago, well, a couple months ago now, um, I went to a prayer meet, a meeting, and just had a prophetic word that actually sickness is something that God, God is a healer, and He wants He wants us to to turn to Him and say, God, would you intervene in this situation? Um, and it, so, in in all of this of me wanting um, her healing, I realized that it's not just that for me to be in this situation praying for her but um, she I was speaking to her a few months ago and she said to me she's like I wish that I had something that I could believe in I wish that I could be like you um, because she doesn't know she doesn't know the Lord and she said I wish that I could be like you and have a purpose a reason something to believe in and I never thought that my because I I guess because of their family that I've always been very quiet about my Christianity. I mean, they know that I'm a Christian. There's certain things that I stand for. Um, and I think because our moral compasses are more or less the same that I never felt it 
um, I never felt a reason to really say, well, you guys, you need to know God. And, and I know that sounds terrible as a Christian, that we should be going out and evangelizing and sharing the hope that we have in, in Christ with other people. Um, and for her to turn to me, for God to turn the situation, for her to say, I want, I want to go to church. I want to know who it is that you know. I want to have the hope that you have. And I want to see the world the, the way that you do. And I never thought that my silentness, the way that I live my life, would have been any testimony to her. And I just want to encourage you that wherever you are in your life, that God can use situations you to reach people and it doesn't have to be you going and screaming and saying hey guess what there's this amazing I mean there is there is definitely a time for that and there's always a reason to to want to share our faith and and share the hope that we have but I feel like sometimes that God will put situations where you're like God I don't see I don't see what you're doing what is the purpose of all of this what is what is the re- why why is this happening and he'll just maybe drop something really simple and be like because i want to share who i am with other people and there isn't a, there isn't another way there isn't another way sometimes this is the best way um so i just want to share that with you and i think also that um thank you for your testimony um about being able to be in the sea and and that healing from emmy but I think also that there is an encouragement that sometimes God gives us enough, um, I don't know, uh, enough strength to, in, in our weaknesses, in our illnesses, in times of despair and hopelessness, that he is our strength and he gives us enough. <laughs> he gives us enough. Um, and I'm hoping for healing for her. And... And I'm honestly, I'm fasting, I'm praying. And, and I mean, if you guys have a moment that you want to throw a few prayers out for her as well, that I would appreciate that. Her name's Sally. Um, but yeah, um, that's, thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm not a speaker at the microphone, but... Um I feel like God's really putting this on my heart. And uh, first of all, I just want to say um, thank you to him. Thank you for the numerous calls he called me to. When I didn't listen, when I didn't want to listen. Um, I'm a scientist. It's not my background to believe in a God. But he's there. Um, For a year and a half... I couldn't walk properly. I went to numerous doctors. I was tripping. No one could figure out what was going on. Um, They're all just no one. And I was living in California at that time. And I got a call to come to Cayman. And I was scared to death. I had already moved to California. And it's hard, hard to move by yourself and pick up again. And at this time, I didn't really know God, but I was going to church. And I just bowed down, and I said, I can't do this on my own. I don't know how. And the way things worked out was just amazing. The things he did in the two weeks that I had to move here was amazing. Things that I never thought were possible. I ended up going to a doctor here, 
and um, through prayer at community group, um, eating a little healthier. And um, I started noticing I was walking properly. Um, it was a miracle. I, it was like the, the perfect storm that God or- orchestrated. He found the doctors I needed and the health I needed for my body. Um, I've just really felt God calling me this last year. Uh, a number of you probably know that I'm in the middle of purchasing a place. I felt a calling to um, host some children from other countries for heart sur- that are coming here to Cayman for heart surgery. At that time, I did not know that um, that there would be kids that I could host. At that time, I think um, Janine and Carl were planning on hosting those children. And I just went to a friend here and I said, I, I think I feel called and I don't know why. But we prayed about it. Um, at that time, I was looking to rent. I knew I had to be out of my place. And I was just praying for a place to rent. God wasn't answering my prayer. <laughs> and one day I said, okay, God, if I'm not supposed to rent, show me what I'm supposed to do. And that day, I feel like I got um, a prophetic, um, I had a prophetic conversation with someone that I did not know, but I felt God was speaking to me. And he said, why don't you buy a place? And my heart leapt. I looked on EK Trade, and I found one place. And I said, I think I need to check this place out. I was there for an hour and a half with a guy who's with a realtor whose father was just in the hospital for heart surgery, or sorry, for a um, heart attack. Um, he said, I have to go to the hospital. And I said, well, before you leave, how can I get this place? I want to host children. I don't know where they're coming from. But I know I want to do it. It's been since July 15th that I've been trying to close on this place. And God has shown me nothing but how to persevere, how to have faith in everything he's doing. There's been issues that have needed fixed before the purchase goes through. I came to the last day on Wednesday the purchase was supposed to close. I signed the bank documents and I got a call from the lawyer and they said, I'm sorry we can't close today. I was like, again, God? I I completely believe that he's in control. And this little baby girl has just had her second surgery. And to be honest, I wouldn't put it past God to put the closing through on the day that they come to stay with me. I'm so excited. Um, God works with broken people. He's done it with me, and he's still doing it. And it's taken me to say, I can't do it. Things I never thought I could change. Hurts I never thought I could heal. Walls I thought I never could break down. He's restoring my relationship with my sister and I. He's just moved so much in this year and a half. This is an amazing church. There's amazing people here. And every Sunday I come, I feel the spirit move. And I I just thank you for everyone here. Everyone that's reached out. Everyone that's listened see me cry right now. Sorry, but thank you.
Hi everyone, um, I'm Sharon. Ray and I have been here a month and we've been to this church three times and um, I just wanted to share, I wasn't going to, but I thought I wanted to encourage you all. Um, I also have had chronic fatigue for um, a very, very long time and I've been in pain every day um, around here and um, have the shakes a lot, so I have to sit a lot. Um, anyway, uh, about June, um, Ray and I really felt that God wanted us to move from New Zealand and... Um, so Ray applied for various jobs all around the world and um, at that time I was seeing a counsellor um, just talking about how to cope with chronic fatigue, etc. And um, he said that there's a theory that if you go to a warm climate for two or three years that, um, um, that you can get well from chronic fatigue syndrome. And then within a week... Ray got two contracts, one for Tonga and one for Caymans. And of course we chose Caymans. So, <laughs> um, And I just couldn't believe it. I just Because at the very um, time when the councillor said that, I thought, well, that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> living in New Zealand. So anyway, I'm eating my words. I'm living in a warm climate, and I too find the waters very therapeutic for my body. And um, I feel that the Lord has sent us here um, I will be honest with you, I've left three children behind in my family and it's a long way away from here. The first two weeks of here was very, very difficult for me, um, very traumatic, very hard, um, but I really felt like um, God made things, everything easy. He provided a house for us within five days, and which is, I think, um, from hearing from other people, that's absolute miracle um, to rent and uh, we rent not far from here um, and yeah so I just wanted to say um, I want to give thanks and praise to God because he is an almighty God and no matter where you're from no matter who you are um, he does love us he cares for us and we're never to give up hope thanks Okay, we're going to have one more and then we're going to um, sing a song just so we can respond to all that we've heard about God's goodness to us. Oh, come on. Uh, good morning. My name is Steve and my wife Francie and I'm from Zimbabwe originally and my wife is from Canada. We are uh, in full-time ministry, so we spend part of the time in Canada, part of the time in Zimbabwe. I just wanted to focus today on um, a particular group of people we work with in Zimbabwe. They are dry land farmers. We teach them a method of farming called Foundation of Farming or Farming God's Way. These farmers, uh, there's many hundred of them now who are involved, but they are in year two of a drought. No rain for two years. And it's been incredible how the Lord has worked in these people's lives. Part of the training brings in the gospel as well. Um, but these people are, are realizing that they have nothing else but the Lord to go to because of this drought. And uh, one of my top guys last year when we went back, he said, you need to meet the headman. Now the headman was a miserable guy. He was drunk and always miserable. And anyway, he came up and he was smiling and he was happy. And I said, okay, so what's the deal? Well, he's now found out who the Lord is. And he's now going to be a pastor and so on. But 
you know, it's, it's just these people who are under hardship, and we all go through hardship, but if you think in North America you have hardships, you have no idea what it is. And I remember one of these guys coming up to me last year saying to me, you know what's wrong with you white guys? I said, what? He said, you always have plan B. We don't have a plan B. So so often we pray to God and we say, Lord, please can you give us this? And in the back of mind, well, if it doesn't work, we always got something else to go to. These people don't have plan B. So I'd just like to encourage people, you know, hardship is a, is a positive thing in many ways because it brings us close to the Lord. And if you trust in Him, He will come through with it. One last thing is, my wife has been working for five months to get a visa for her daughter, uh, daughter and son, son and daughter-in-law to come in from Ivory Coast. Three applications, five months, other people getting in within three, three weeks of applying. We heard on two days ago that the application has been accepted. That's thank you to the Lord. Thank you.